Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hello, it is Monday, March the 7th, and you are listening to the West of the Rest podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast feed. My name is Blair Angulo, joined by my co-host, Mr. Brandon Huffman, the national recruiting editor for 24-7 Sports, who just spent a great weekend down in Southern California. We were able to catch up, Huff, in person at the Bravery 7-on-7 Association Battle at the Beach out in beautiful Thousand Oaks, California. You were able to put it together they're kind of an excursion of, of Southern California as well. Uh, we're going to touch on the Under Armour Camp Series stop in Southern California as well in the, in the second part of this show. But first of all, how was your how was your stay in, in uh, God's country, as they call it? That's right, baby. Ventura County, the 805. You know, because Ventura County does nestle itself against the beach up in the actual part where God intended in Ventura, we call Ventura County a beach community, beach county. So the battle at the beach may not have physically been right at the beach. It was battle near the beach. And it was wonderful because we had the kind of breezes on Saturday that only a beach community could love and tolerate. And then we had the sun and the sunburn that Southern California loves to have in March to show off on Sunday. So it was beautiful weather, great event. Saw some elite players from really all over the West and also saw some guys from Texas uh, come out and impress. And so it was a fun tournament and it was great to be back in Southern California. And then my son and I decided to go see Staples Center. Yes, that's what it's called, Staples Center and uh, Ram Stadium. I know it's called another corporate corporation. And then check out some Kobe murals and just kind of made the City of Angels, the City of Champions visit that it so richly deserves. I like it. I like it. And, and we apologize. We usually come to you, the listener, uh, early on Monday every week. But obviously, Huff was traveling. I was at, at both events, actually. So we've been having a, a jam-packed weekend. But that's needless to say, that, that event was really good. I, I thought it was a, a phenomenal turnout in terms of the star power. Uh, you had teams from Utah, teams from Arizona, teams from uh, Nevada, uh, nearby teams from California, uh, obviously teams from up in the Seattle area coming down as well. Portland, uh, the West was well represented throughout the, the event. Who, who stood out to you, Huff, and, and who took home the crown? Well, the team that won it was KT Prep, which is not a huge surprise that uh, was the fourth tournament I've seen them at this spring. They've been in the championship game of three of them, lost in one, two FSP, one the one yesterday being uh, Goon Squad, which we'll talk about them in a second. But FSP and KT Prep kind of had their second matchup in, in much better conditions in the semifinals. And KT Prep won, uh, doing it without Jaden Rashada, but with one of the biggest risers this spring, Luke Duncan. And so with all the star power at quarterback that this tournament had, it, it was pretty fun to watch the championship game. Two guys that are you know either at schools or in regions where – they're overshadowed by guys in their backyard with Luke Duncan. You know, he plays normally on KT Prep's 
greatness team, which is their mostly their younger team because he's behind Jane Rashada. Uh, Aiden Childs is the quarterback. I know you you got a chance to see at a camp back in February. He's the quarterback of Goon Squad. You know, he was at Los Alamitos as a freshman. Malachi Nelson came in. Then he was at, he, he's now at Downey High School. We're right across town at Warren High School is Nico Yamalieva. So, you know, Aiden Childs is a damn good quarterback of his own right, but he's just overshadowed by guys right in his backyard that happen to be the number two and number three players in the country. And so seeing those two teams in the finals, seeing both those quarterbacks who had great weekends, uh, you know, it, it kind of made the, the championship game that much more exciting. KT Prep was up 24-7. to Aiden Childs rallied him to tie it. And then Luke Duncan made the throw he needed to make in overtime to win it. But both those guys are, are guys that you and I have both written about extensively this spring as guys that we think when the spring evaluation period comes. But keep in mind, it's been since 2019 that the spring evaluation period has occurred. These are the two type of quarterbacks that, with the return of the spring evaluation period, should see their recruitments take off between now and the end of May. Yeah, I think that's what's really important here is that we are on the cusp of recruiting really getting back into what it usually is in terms of the calendar, in terms of coaches going out on the road and seeing players in person, seeing them throw, uh, trying to get them to work out. And and that's where some of the big offers start to happen, right? And and let's say Aiden Childs opens some eyes. If someone goes out to Downey and sees him throw and he gets a big offer and you know that that it's a copy copycat sport, right? So mm-hmm. all these other coaches are going to come in to see Aiden Childs, and then it, we could be on the uh, you know we could be on on the track to maybe see a CJ Stroud type of of rise from a prospect. I'm not saying he's CJ Stroud by any means, but remember CJ Stroud experienced that. That's how he got to to really kind of elevate himself as a prospect nationally. Where you mentioned you have the Nico Iamaleavas, the Malachi Nelsons, you know even the Pierce Clarksons who's committed to. Uh, to Louisville out of St. John Bosco, those are known commodities. Then you start to unearth, you start to figure out who could be a potential riser. Aiden Childs is is definitely a candidate for that. We we spotlighted him a few weeks ago when he was at the Red Zone Elite Tournament in in Southern California down in Orange County. You know, it was funny. He was telling me that some people pronounce his last name Chiles. uh, Mm -hmm. And he's like, and he's like, what's funny is that I'm actually fluent in Spanish. And I was like, well, let's do this interview in Spanish then. Uh, And and he wanted to, right? So uh, I I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to kind of see what he what he's able to do because you look at him. He's got all the measurables. He's got the upside. He's got a multi-sport background. He plays basketball. He's really athletic. Uh, quick release. Um, the physical tools are there. Uh, he's able to put really good zip on his throws. Um, a phenomenal prospect. So that's one to watch. Uh, a name to remember: Aiden Childs. We also got to see Huff. I, I think a player that I've been super excited about, and that would be Hunter Clegg. Uh, mm-hmm. He's an edge rusher out of. Utah at American Fork was playing with Team Alpha Black and edge rushers in a seven on seven tournament. You probably aren't going to see them win many battles. They're, they're going to go against little speedy, shifty running backs. They don't cover, right? Their game is to go after the quarterback, rush off the edge, use their speed, you know, go up against offensive tackles. But I, I thought it was very promising to see him drop back into coverage, do some things in the flats, cover tight ends downfield. I was thoroughly impressed. And, and when you look at a guy that could be on potential stock up watch, He's already a top 24-7 prospect, but dare I say he might be undervalued. Yeah, he's one of those guys that the second you see him walk on the field, you're like, okay, this guy's different than all the other guys. There's a physical presence that he has. And, you know, we've been watching 7-on-7 for a long time. And, you know, a lot of people say, does 7-on-7 really matter? No, it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. But what it does show you for a lot of guys, especially guys that, 
their primary position is maybe a hand down or stand on the edge guys, they're having to move backwards instead of moving forwards. And so you get to see that athleticism. And I think with, with, with Hunter Clegg, you got a chance to see that in, in full effect. And that's what makes him so intriguing is that this is a guy who's probably pass rusher by trade, but has that ability to drop into coverage and, and do it adequately. And, you know, physically, he's got the, the ideal frame. He's got the look and makeup of a, a real star on the front seven. And you just see the competitiveness. A, a lot of guys stay in their lane. They, they maybe realize, hey, this isn't my jam. This isn't my position. I'm not as adept to do seven on seven because I'm not really involved in the passing game other than as a pass rusher. So they're in a sense, you know, they're, they're making themselves a little bit more vulnerable, but there was no vulnerability that he showed defensively. He showed that he's got all the makings of being an elite guy in the front seven, no matter where you put him in. He definitely was, was among those top five guys that we saw this weekend that you just look at and say, yeah, that's a dude right there. Yeah, I really liked what I saw out of him. He visited UCLA, USC. You can read up on his recruitment over at 24-7 Sports. Hunter Clegg, a name to remember heading into the spring. Uh, another team from Utah was there. And we always talk about Isaac Wilson, uh, the 2024 top 100 prospect. He, he's a, a dynamite prospect in terms of his arm talent, the way he's able to see defenses downfield and attack some of those soft spots in zone. I think he's super talented. Uh, but I wanted to spotlight a couple other guys who aren't from Utah, but did fly in from the Aloha State to compete with the Pink Outlaws. And that would be Leona Lefau, uh, the number one rated prospect in the state of Hawaii, as well as Kai Kai Carvalho. He's the reigning Gatorade State Player of the Year at Kahuku from um, obviously the North Shore and, and, and a dynamite prospect of his own. You got a chance to see both of them extensively on Sunday. What did you think of those two? First of all, we all know Leona's the elite player. We saw him basically take over the championship game at Pylon in the skeet last year, in which he helped uh, Rebel Squad win, which is his normal hometown team he played for. But seeing him with, with 702, or I'm sorry, with, uh, with the Pink Outlaws in, or in, gosh, in Los Angeles, I got too much Vegas on the brain, Blair. We've been there too many times for events. In and the last we're about month. to go back. And, and we have to go back again in a couple of weeks. With, with, with Leona, you just see a guy who he's a gamer. I mean, he. He loves to play. He loves to compete. You know, playing at these events, you know, you get to really see, again, that athleticism. You see the competitiveness. But to me, the true star of the weekend, if I was picking just who was the best player for the entire weekend, you know, our, our alpha and the MVP of the tournament is going to be Luke Duncan. And, you know, you win the whole tournament, you're going to probably – and you're the quarterback and you're making the plays that you need to, you're probably going to be the alpha. But had – Pink Outlaws maybe won one more game and gone to the championship game. There might have been some competition for Isaac Wilson, who I think threw a touchdown on every single possession except one in the entire weekend, and that was the difference in knocking him out of the quarterfinals. But the recipient of so many of those passes was Kai Kai Carval. I mean, he is just so dynamite. I mean, he, he can't be taller than 5'8". He's got a thick lower body that he can jump. He mossed the kid. I mean, you know how hard it is for a five foot eight kid to moss a six one linebacker. And the linebacker did everything he was supposed to do. He covered this kid like crazy and just completely got out jumped by Kaka because he's so explosive, so dynamic. Where he has an offer from Utah, his dad played there. When, when I saw him when we were out in Hawaii for the Polynesian Bowl, there was an event up on the North Shore that he was the star of. You know, and I asked about the Utah and I said, Hey, you know, does Utah ever compare? And before I even finished the sentence or finished the question, he said, Yeah, they compare me to Britton Covey all the time. And dare I say, he is far more dynamic as a high school player 
than Britton Covey was at the same state. Now, granted, Britton was playing quarterback and kind of doing a little bit of everything, but just in terms of straight-up speed and explosiveness at the same stage, man, Kai kind of a – he's a unique type of player that – is every bit the power five recruit that you know Utah thought he was? Yeah, I think he's going to be one of those players we mentioned uh, at the top with their spring evaluation period. Once coaches make it out to the island, see him work out, see his explosiveness, see the way he's able to get free and get behind the secondary and 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 do the things that he's able to do. Uh, he's going to be a player to to certainly remember as well. For all the coverage on the Bravery Seven on Seven Association battle at the beach, make sure you stay locked in twenty four seven sportscom Brandon Huffman will have a lot of scoop. I will have some thoughts as well, some recruiting info uh, over on the website. We're going to take a short break, but we're going to discuss the top performers and some recruiting info from the Under Armour Camp Series stop in Southern California. You're listening to the West of the Rest podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, Blair, actually much closer to the beach was you on Sunday in Mission Viejo. Now, again... Geographically, Southern California is always labeled pretty hysterically as an angel stand who is a, the team is in Orange County, but they call themselves Los Angeles Angels. The Mission Viejo, the Under Armour Camp in Southern California is typically called the Under Armour Camp in Los Angeles, and yet it's deep in the Southern part of Orange County, but it is much closer to the beach where you were at on Sunday and got a chance to see really the first major event in the Southland in the off season. And I know that there are some players that we expected to see that shine like a Malachi Nelson, but there's a pretty intriguing prospect out of Anaheim, speaking of the Angels, in Collins Achimpong. And I know he was the player, talked with you and Greg, that pretty much all eyes are on. So before you break down the, the guys that really were the top performers, break down quickly Collins' background and what you thought of him. Yeah, I mean, nothing screams Los Angeles like a 90-minute drive, right, down to Mission Viejo to get down to that camp. You know, what was interesting about Collins is obviously very raw, doesn't have that football background. I don't think has played much football. If, if any, uh, his high school doesn't have a football team. He's a hooper. He's a basketball player. And it, it shows, right? He's about 6'8". The wingspan is there. He looks like a wing that's just going to be able to cut up the lane and, and you're kind of a slasher type of, of basketball prospect. Uh, but you obviously see some of the tools, some of the that upside that he drips in terms of his physique and the way he's able to move at his size that could make him a very intriguing football player, right? In basketball circles, how many six seven to six eight 
wings are there that you know kind of just get lost in the shuffle on the on the hardwood right like there's there's plenty of them uh i think the there's a lack of scholarships on the basketball side as well with the limited roster sizes uh there's not as many nba players as there is football players there you you have a much greater chance if you're at that size and you know kind of with that that dominance in terms of your physical tools to make it as a professional if you choose football. So I think he's starting to figure that out. Um, I liked seeing him going through drills. You know, you, you totally understand that he has really no idea what's going on. But the fact that he was out there giving it a shot and trying to do some bag drills and doing some pass rush and doing the one-on-one drills, I mean, that that really spoke to me about how just open he is to, you know, exploring this and you know, the schools that are showing interest right now, UCLA, USC nearby, um, I think they're poking around and trying to figure out, you know, what what they might have in, in Collins as a potential football prospect. He's supposed to visit Washington this weekend and compete up there in uh, in a seven on seven to play some tight end. A little bit lean right now to, to do that. I think he he's probably got a higher ceiling as a defensive prospect, uh, given his frame. But, uh, you know, this could be one of those players that three, four, five years down the road, we look back at and we're like, oh, you know, remember when he had no idea what football was? You know, that that's the type of ceiling that he has. I, I think, you know, there, somebody made reference to it on one of the message boards too about Darren Fells. And granted, that was 20 years ago, but I remember the first recruiting class I covered, Darren Fells, was a football and basketball player at in, in Orange County of all places. Ended up going to UC Irvine and playing basketball before making that. But some of these guys are just they're just athleticism they're, they're just athletic they, they have that athleticism it's the learning the game but i mean the one thing with a, with a guy like him when you watch him on film from a basketball standpoint you see the explosiveness you see the athleticism but i mean think about if you're a, a college football defensive line coach or a tight ends coach these coaches all think that they're picasso and they all want to take the blank canvases and turn them into masterpieces there is no more blank canvas that you're going to find in the 2023 class then Collins. So he's a guy that I, I'm glad y'all got eyes on him. I'm looking forward to seeing him this weekend in the seven on seven tournament up in Seattle. Uh, another weekend of seven on seven, but a player that doesn't really need an introduction, the number two player in the country and going to be in contention for the number one player in this 2023 class throughout the entire cycle is Malachi Nelson. And, and it sounds like Malachi kind of did what we all expected him to be and, and what was the top quarterback there. Yeah, you know, it was kind of a ho-hum experience for for him. You know, he's, he's expected at these camps to do what Malachi Nelson does. And for the most part, he does it. And we all kind of just yawn at this point. It's it's tough to impress people once you've already done what he's done. You know, number two player in the country, committed to USC, formerly committed to Oklahoma, uh, obviously had a really good season and has been doing it for a long time in terms of opening our eyes and, and raising eyebrows nationally and, and, and doing all that. And, and, you know, to an extent, it's tough because he's never going to be able to maybe over overcompensate, right? Or, or even over impress us, right? Like he's always, it, we're always going to maybe maybe nitpick him a little bit. And that's what I was doing when we were walking back to the parking lot, me and Greg Biggins talking about the top performers, guys that we like going through our notes. And, you know, one thing I mentioned to him was, you know, sometimes it seems like Malachi's a little bit bored back there, right? Like he takes a little bit extra time just to make the pass look a little bit more perfect than it could be. Or, you know, that that's just a nitpick that, that I would take from that event. But 
you know, for the most part, he was phenomenal. You know, he hits all the throws. He's able to, uh, you know, make his reads. Uh, this is an on-air event for the most part until they get to the one-on-ones. But once he did get to the one-on-ones, you could see the arm talent, the quick release, the way he's able to just accurately fit throws into those windows. Uh, he puts the loft where he needs to put the loft. Uh, he has a complete tool set. And I just think uh, he's going to be a special, spe- uh, special playmaker um, at USC, just based on what we've been seeing. And you know, I-, I think for him now, it's just about continuing to maintain that consistency, adding some of those things to his arsenal, um, and and just you know, I guess in a way, just continuing to be Malachi, even though even though it might not be all that exciting anymore. You know, guy that was the name of the alpha dog by, by you and Greg. Very familiar with the Mission Viejo field. Mikey Matthews, uh, a guy that's got some upcoming business plan with Texas, Boise State, Michigan State. Uh, a player, again, that we're plenty familiar with. We've seen him at a number of events. But from all reports, it sounded like Mikey was at the best he's ever been on Sunday. Yeah, Greg Biggins and I loved him. And, you know, we, we could have gone Malachi Nelson with the Alpha and, and been a little bit boring ourselves. And, you know, we even could have gone Roderick Robinson, the big power back from down in Southern in, in San Diego, uh, who, who was phenomenal during the running back linebacker drills. Uh, but, you know, we, we uh, maybe a tip of the cap to our, our buddies over at Elite 11 or Student Sports. You know, we wanted to kind of give it to an under the radar guy who really impressed us and who really put on a show. And, and that was Mikey Matthews. You know, I got to see him actually during the season last fall when they played Servite uh, out at Orange Coast College. Um, and, and he's not that big, right? He's about 5'11 or so, but he's really stocky, well-built, has that explosiveness that you like to see, that quick burst. He's able to get out of uh, out of his breaks really, really well. And I was impressed with his ability to go up for the football, his body control, the way he's able to shield uh, the football and, and, and kind of bait defenders into thinking he's going one way um, and then breaking towards the ball, coming back and making catches, was, was catching the football really well away from his body. Um, wasn't fighting it at all, even though it was pretty windy down there in Mission Viejo. I, I thought he was phenomenal. He's a player that we feel is certainly a power five talent um, and even maybe a, an upper five power five talent. i um, not sure he's an outside receiver, but he, he's going to be able to do a lot of stuff in the slot at the next level. And we all know how important that position has become in the college game. Uh, it, it's that guy that's going to be able to move the chains. Uh, it's a guy that goes in motion. It's a guy that creates mismatch issues. It, it's, you know, that, that Kyle Phillips role that we saw that was, that was working so well for UCLA. And obviously he's over at the NFL combine this weekend. Um, that that's kind of what I saw out of Mikey Matthews. He's going to be the player that becomes a security blanket for a really, really lucky quarterback at the next level. One more name for you. We want to make sure we acknowledge that there's our underclassmen at this event and a guy that you and I actually got to see at the Under Armour event last March, would it have been, in Arizona, uh, from Arizona. And it sounds like he was one of the elite linemen on either side of the ball this weekend was a large rushing out of South Point Catholic in Tucson, which has a guy that has been known to uh, make some plays on Saturdays right now as one of their alums, but Elijah's doing his damage on the other side of the ball. Yeah. I mean, I think this player 
could become just as recognizable as Bijan Robinson, that that South Point Catholic player that you're talking about, who's obviously a Heisman hopeful over at Texas. Uh, rushing is is a huge edge rusher, about 6'5", 225. You know, we're talking about Collins earlier. Th- th- this is what uh, Collins could probably aspire to be as a prospect, uh, you know, even though he's a year older. Um, you know, Elijah Rushing has all the tools that you want to see. He has the frame upside. Uh, he has the quick twitch. Uh, he's got the speed off the edge. He's able to bend. He's got the athleticism. I really liked seeing him going through the drills, the bag drills. Uh, he's he's flexible. And, and now he's adding some technique, Huff. And, and you've seen OLDL, right? Like you're our designated OLDL guy when we're at these camps together. Um, you just have an eye for those big guys. And he was special uh, in, in the limited reps that we saw. And, and that was going up against one of the better offensive tackles in the event. I don't want to mention his name because I I'm not going to throw shade at anyone, but I will say that he was really good against a good opponent, and that's no knock on the other guy, but this was a five-star performance um, out of Elijah Rushing. I thought he's certainly going to be on five-star watch as we continue to refresh the 2024 rankings. Uh, his recruitment is 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 certainly about to take off. He's got some national offers already. He wants to get out to Ohio State, wants to get out to Miami, already has an offer from Oregon. His brother Cruz was a preferred walk-on in this previous 2022 class. So, you know, could there be a reunion up in Eugene? And and oh, by the way, Dan Lanning is now the head coach and he brings a big-time defensive mindset and he's been known to do some things with some edge rushers in the past. So oh, yeah. keep an eye on that one. That's where my crystal ball is right now. I like the Oregon Ducks for Elijah Rushing, but it's very early in the recruiting process. The number one rated edge rusher in the 24 class uh, really lived up to to his billing. Well, we've got events coming up the next few weeks. Like we said, we'll be back in Vegas in a couple of weeks, but you will not have to wait many weeks to hear us again. You'll hear us every Monday on the 24-7 Sports Recruiting Podcast with the West of the Rest. This is one of the first times I've ever done this part, Blair, but I'm going to do it for my colleague down in the city, or I guess in Orange County, the city of champions, whatever you want to call it, in Southern California. is so geographically messed up. For Blair Angulo, I'm Brandon Huffman, and you've been listening to The West of the Rest. all-star studded challenge ever and this time it's every competitor for themselves best challenge ever the challenge all-stars new season now streaming on paramount plus go to paramountplus.com to try it free terms apply